the four o'clock football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Man, that really was like a football game the other day with the Clippers. With the physicality. I was just reading... uh, Update on uh, Devin Booker, whose nose look is all jacked up. It's all freaking busted and flat with a you know the stitches on a scar on it. He is going to wear a mask tonight. No surprise. Uh, Rachel Nichols actually just said he wore it. Shoot around today with no issues. So looks broken to me. Oh yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of broken noses in my day. Basketball a little more physical sometimes than people give it credit for. It's a contact sport. Yeah. All right, football time. <laughs> Speaking of contact sports, uh, Tennessee just dismissed a quarterback. Uh, a couple of interesting notes in here. Uh, number six overall quarterback in the class of 2021. Number 47 player overall. Dude is gone. Caden Salter out of Texas, Cedar Hill, Texas. Um, popped with uh, fellow freshman Amari McNeil, an offensive lineman. Misdemeanor drug offenses. Early morning traffic stop. Second transgression, he was already suspended for spring practice. The reason I bring it up is I wanted to mention this name to you. Uh, Josh Heifel with Tennessee still has uh, Virginia Tech transfer quarterback, but also uh, Joe Milton is there, former Michigan quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Who, who was touted as, like, the next guy. And There's a lot of excitement about it. Quarterbacks move quick, man. If they don't, if this doesn't work out, they ain't staying around as a backup. Maybe they could maybe they can go get Tate Martell if they need a quarterback. I think it's going to year eight. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet, has it? No. It says a lot, doesn't it? It sure does. Well, speaking of that, uh, UNLV has some questions at quarterback. We'll see if one of the guys can step up, Broomfield or Rodgers. And I think it's part of the reason that uh, in Phil Steele's projections for the Mountain West Conference, uh, UNLV in the West is actually picked for last. Now, over-under wins in a lot of places is only sitting there at like one and a half. Uh, but that, that is one of the biggest questions for UNLV. If it's Broomfield, and I think it probably will be Broomfield, if he can excel at a pretty decent level, UNLV is going to win some games and they can compete in the Mountain West Conference because I think they've upgraded talent all over the field. Uh, they've got some young guys to build around. They brought in really you know solid impact transfers from the Pac-12. They got Chuck Williams back, uh, so that's a good thing. But someone's got to play quarterback and play it at a good level. I mean, if quarterback's a disaster, then the sixth pick in the West is probably accurate. Yeah, and you, I don't think you can really get upset about you know negative predictions or uh, low expectations when you're coming off a season like UNLV is coming off of, and you know transitioning to a new coaching staff and uh, getting all those things in place. Uh, a lot of obstacles that were there, but you can't you know you, you can't be angry about it or say you're being disrespected or anything like that. You you know you were what you were last year, um, and you can't even worry about that. You can't think about it. it doesn't matter. Uh, you know those are for fun and for. For us to talk about and debate and for fans to talk about and debate, uh, UNLV shouldn't get caught up in, in where they're being predicted to finish or where people think they're going to finish. They just need to do their work and get out there and, and you know finish higher in the standings than you're supposed to. Man, the NFL is aggressive. Uh, every one of their events on the calendar, you know, they try to monetize, make it into a, a big deal. We know they're moving the draft around. That was, you know, you wouldn't even have thought of that 10 years ago. Now they may start moving the combine around. Indianapolis has had it forever. I think it's since, uh, when was it, 1987, Indy has hosted every year. Well, now they're taking bids on the combine, and 
they're going to make it a five-day event each year in different places from uh, 2023 to 2028. Interesting. Uh, according to figures out of Indy, uh, Combine generated an economic impact of $8.4 million, provided up to $10 million in media exposure for the city, 100 hours of TV coverage on NFL Network and other stations. Obviously, there's a bunch of media who come in, second highest count of media members just behind the Super Bowl. I saw some uh, indie reaction from people on message words at the newspaper that, hey, they're going to lose the combine, and a lot were like, screw it, get them out of here. I'm like, well, not, not really it. You know, it gives you another event in your city. I did find this funny, though. Uh, one, com uh, one comment. Um, the whole issue isn't actual money, but the prestige that this event brings. That's a backing the fact that Indy should keep it, but the person says that they want to look elsewhere. Good luck. Let them find out what the Big Ten found out. For most, uh, for important sports events, it's hard to beat Indianapolis. If you've been to most other cities, they don't do a good job. They throw a good party functionally, but they do a poor job of centralizing everything and accommodating the actual job at hand. Um, I don't agree. I think there's about at least six cities off the top of my head that I think could do a really good job. Now, keep in mind, one of the keys is uh, you may need a roof on a football stadium. If not, you better have a, a massive convention facility. I mean, obviously, to this person who's like, nowhere else can host it. We can. We, we can. We can here in Vegas. We could. Um, now, what the comment that you just read, uh, I was going to say, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, could have been my comment that was on there. Like, oh, really? India is a perfect. It's perfect. Um, it is very centralized. Yeah. But and, I also think they could do it in... Uh, New Orleans, I think San Antonio would be pretty cool, um, depending on where you held it. I don't know that you could hold it in Glendale, but you could hold it in Phoenix and actually hold it at the baseball stadium, but the time of year might be a problem. Sure. Um, and, and, yeah, there, there are there are places that can do it, and you said, as you said, Las Vegas could. I know the first one that's like we're in is Dallas, which it doesn't make sense to me. Right. That is not centrally located. No. That is exactly what the guy, whoever this commenter was, yeah. was talking about. And, and you're right. I wasn't even thinking about you don't need you don't actually need to be at a football stadium. I mean, <laughs> like, you're just running 40s and doing well, that you sort wanna, of thing. You don't want to have weather issues. So right. if you're going to do it outside, actually Petco Park would could actually work. If not, you could actually just do it at the convention center right down there at the gas lamp. San Diego has a perfect setup. In terms of hotels sure. and you know cool stuff around the combine, and as you say, it's as not you one, say, there one are, or two stupid steakhouses that everyone are, goes to. There are more. <laughs> take take it easy on Saint Elmo. Uh, I, I, yeah, you're right. There are places that can do it. I was thinking more. Where is there a football stadium like one of the NFL stadiums with all these places around it? You don't need to do it at an NFL stadium. That does change the equation, the dynamic a little bit. Um, I, but there are a lot of cities where the football stadium is actually not convenient for a great setup. Right. They're, 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 they're not. They're not. You know, city located. Like I think Houston could do it, but it would be in their convention center, probably not at their football stadium, unless you. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not. Listen, I don't want to hear indie people like there's nowhere like Indianapolis, but actually they do have some good qualities there. Well, and the downtown football stadium that you can walk to all, all the hotels is one, and just yeah. the Vegas. Vegas does too. Yeah. It could. It could be. I, Vegas. Think, it would, I think it would kill here. Yeah, it'd be great, and, and I'm, I'm sure every NFL event that's going to be out there is going to be. Uh, there, I I can almost guarantee we're in the mix for at least one of those seasons. If you're going to travel around every single year, and maybe you settle down on Vegas at the end of it and say this is where it should be, so Vegas makes sense. I I, I just it's one of those things. Like sometimes I don't care about tradition, sometimes I do. Like I, I think it's perfect in Indy. I don't know why you'd have to move it from there. Right. Um, people like going there. I think it's one of the most fun events of the year uh, to go to. For media people, for fans, it would be really dumb. Like you you would probably wouldn't enjoy it. I think they'd go. They would. 
But I, I don't like. I think that they'd be disappointed when they win. Okay. Uh, Adam Hill's going to move on. He's getting uh, ready for the game tonight. The game tonight goes down in about an hour. Uh, speaking of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva is really nice to freaking join us right before the game here. Uh, Dan is up next on Cofield and Company, and we'll break down the game and uh, get his vibe of the last day and a half or so as the Knights get prepped for this game. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune up today by calling 577-2600. What's the mood heading into a must-win game tonight? It's like you said, must-win. You know, the guy's positive, and uh, we know what we have to do to uh, go out and execute and do our job. Obviously, play the right way, play our way. And like I said at the beginning, just execute and uh, go out and get the cut done. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. VGK, Zach Whitecloud. Yeah, must-win. Pretty simple. Now, the execution part is the tough part. Let's get in uh, Dan Duva as he's nice enough to join us uh, minutes before he's getting ready to... Uh, Call this big game number six. Dan, how you doing? It's Cofield. What's up, Steve? Good to talk with you. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. You must be fired up. These are special games for play-by-play guys, uh, you know, with everything on the line. First of all, the big story of the day going in, it looks like Robin Leonard is going to be in net. Yeah, Gary Lawless and I were just chatting about, like, has Leonard ever been in a spot like this? And, of course, he was with the Knights last year, conference final loss against Dallas. It was a little weird, as we all know, the bubble. There were no fans. You got to go back 10 years, Steve, when the Binghamton Senators were in the Calder Cup final, and Leonard was 19 years old. He brought that Binghamton Senators team to a Calder Cup championship, and he was not the starting goalie when that postseason began. It was Barry Brust, but he came in, (laughs) saved the day in the opening round, and then brought the Senators the distance. So that was 10 years ago. This is only the fifth year that Leonard has played in the postseason in his North American pro career. And obviously it's a big spot given that he hasn't won consecutive starts since mid-April. Why do you think Pete DeBoer is making the change? I think it boils down to what Leonard did in this building a couple of games ago. I think Fleury's been fine, but he's given up exactly three goals in his last three starts. Leonard was very good here. Uh, When Leonard is compact, when he's not doing too much, there are certain opponents that he seems to fare well against. Colorado was not one of them, high-flying offense. But here's the Montreal team where the top line for the Canadians doesn't really score. They're more of a defensive line. So you figure if it's not a high-powered offense, maybe Leonard's the right goaltender. And again, I think it does come back to the fact that he won, giving up just one goal in this building a few days ago. Dan Duva's with us. You know, I was listening to the last game, especially uh, down the stretch, as the Knights were trying to fight back into it. And I thought you guys were doing a tremendous job and, you know, getting that sense of urgency. And, and Lawless was getting frustrated. At one point, he was describing the action and, you know, what the Knights weren't coming through with. And he's like, baloney. And he was talking about the lack of patience at times. And I, I, I know he, he, he finished up. He's like, you got to build a foundation. They're, try, you know, they're rushing to try to score here. <laughs> Explain what he was talking about and kind of those steps that were being missed by the Golden Knights. I think that's a good point. You know, this team has a lot of speed, but that speed is most effective when you're doing the little things right. You know, Montreal is a team that can play so strong defensively, they, you know, they fill the gaps, right? They just prevent you from a clean neutral zone progress, as Gary likes to say. Uh, and coming across the line, is, it's in like it's most notable on the power play. Like, you just can't get into the zone cleanly. Um, and if you have speed 
you know, that only does you good if you have possession of the puck and you can keep possession of the puck. So if you sort of take possession for granted, you know, you can have all the speed in the world that's not going to do anything for you. So that's the, where the fundamentals come in. It's, you know, not giving the puck away, being secure with the puck. That's the sort of stuff that you've got to do first. And if you can manage that, then you can put the pedal to the floor and see the speed of, say, a Chandler Stevenson or an Alex Tuck, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think of Stevenson in his first go-around back? I, he was okay. I, I think that, uh, you know, maybe missing a couple of games, you know, throws you off a little bit. But, again, like, if you are the fastest guy on the ice, but you're not in possession of the puck and you're not putting the other team on its heels, I'm not sure that you're at the top of your game. So uh, it didn't seem to me like the Knights really made things as difficult for Montreal as speed normally does, right? It, it's not just that the Knights create offense with speed. It's that they get into the offensive zone as quickly as they do and just cause fits for the team defending, right? The defensemen usually have to work really, really hard. We saw that in game four, the overtime win for the Knights, and the Canadians looked a little bit tired, especially those top four defensemen. As the game got late, they play so many minutes, Vegas, I think, sort of grinded them down. And I did not see that uh, nearly as much in game five. So I wonder if that's something they can try to accomplish today. Dan, what has surprised you the most in terms of the series from the Montreal side? Uh, that they've managed to do what they're doing without any points from their top line uh, with Gallagher, Deneau, and Lekkinen, and almost zero production from their blue line. Uh, Jeff Petrie is like their number three scorer in the regular season. know that he uh, missed a couple of games here in the playoffs, but they've done almost nothing from the blue line. Um, and uh, as good as their penalty kill has been, I'd say on the Vegas side, it, you just figure at some point with as much talent as they have, Vegas would score a power play goal. Uh, now uh, 16 consecutive times that they have failed to score. And Montreal is number one in the playoffs on the kill, but in the regular season they were average. Uh, so it, it, it is a little bit surprising when you look at the Marcia So Carlson-Smith line that they had such a good series against Colorado, yet in this series they've produced almost nothing. Jonathan Marcia, so is our pregame guest today. Jonathan used the word awful. He said quite awful to describe his line in this series. So they recognize it. You've got to get more offense from the top six for Vegas. The only goal from the top six was Pacioretty. So I, I've been impressed by uh, you know some of the Montreal guys that we haven't seen all year in person. Uh, but I, I think that those, uh, those sorts of things are not the way we would have drawn it up uh, coming into the series. But Montreal's shut down a couple of really good offensive teams in Toronto and Winnipeg, and now they're doing it to the Knights. Yeah, I wanted to ask you individually on Montreal, is there a, a guy you're watching where you're like, wow, I didn't realize this this player you know, was this good? I mean, Suzuki obviously is a familiar name to fans here. Caulfield just getting exposure. He's been good. I think Anderson's been really dangerous. Yeah, and you said it like when you see a rookie for the first time, Cole Caulfield just coming out of Wisconsin, you see him on TV. Then you see him in person, you get a, a better appreciation for him. But it, it's odd to think that the third lines for both sides have been most intriguing. Hmm. And uh, you mentioned Anderson, who had a very good regular season, but only one goal, one point in the first two rounds. And now in this series, of course, he had the two goals, including the overtime winner a couple of games back. But that line uh, with Kakaniemi as well, it, it, to me, like, that's, um, that's not what I expected, plus Paul Byron. Like, I did not expect to be intrigued by Montreal's third line, but even their fourth line, the veterans, Corey Perry, uh, Eric Stahl, and, and Yoel Armi. I mean, Stahl was a midseason pickup from the Buffalo Sabres. Like, we forget about, like, we weren't following the Canadians all year. So in terms of their uh, their pickups, like Matthias Janmark was the only in-season pickup for Vegas. You bring in somebody like Eric Stahl, and boy, he's, he's made an impact on that fourth line for the Canadians. 
Uh, last one, because uh, Dan's got to run Dan Duva, radio voice of the Golden Knights. I've gotten everyone's thoughts on this one because, you know, it was uh, people got very worked up after the last game. What do you think about the booing inside the fortress? I think it tells you that Vegas is a legitimate sports city, to be honest, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, growing up um, near New York City where uh, I went to a lot of New York Jets games as a kid, and the Jets were terrible, 1-15, and 3-13, so I heard a lot of booing. Uh, but that means when you say get to an AFC championship and host a playoff game in 98 against the Jaguars, the cheering is off the charts. I think it's the roughness of texture. Not everything is all going to be sugar-coated and wonderful all the time. Um, and I think it's a, a mark. I mean, it's unfortunate, right? You never want to play so poorly that you get booed. But I think it demonstrates that uh, it's, a, it's a city that is truly becoming a major league city. It's four years for the Golden Knights now, the Raiders, and who knows, maybe NBA, maybe MLB, I think. Uh, don't forget the WNBA. It's it's a. I think we're learning what it means to be a legitimate major league sports city. Yeah, hopefully it's all uh, part of what turns out to be a wake up call for the Golden Knights because they're they're too good to go out of this series playing like this. Yeah, we'll see if they can get it together. It's it's going to be a matter of uh, you know can they get the offense going and Carey Price. Uh, this is as many wins as he's ever had in a postseason. Right, the most he ever had in the playoffs was eight. Now he's up to 10, one more, and the Canadians go to the final for the first time since 93. Dan, you're awesome. I appreciate the time. Love what you guys do on the call. Have fun tonight. Thanks a lot, Steve. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. There he is. Dan Duva, one of the best play-by-play guys in all the NHL. And like I said, um, I'm a uh, play-by-play junkie and love listening to games where you always know what's going on, right? If there's a big moment on the Montreal side, you're going to know it's a big moment. You know, Dan and and especially Gary, they're not going to get all mopey and start mumbling. Uh, and Lawless has been really good. In the moments I've uh, gotten to listen, uh, Gary's a really good color voice, and he was on fire the other night uh, getting really frustrated. And, you know, he's a DGK insider, but he was, he's calling out. He's calling out guys, uh, you know, in the organization that he works with, and he wasn't, he wasn't mincing words. So it's all set up. About uh, 40 minutes or so, and the puck drops in Montreal. You know, that, that city is in a frenzy right now with a chance to go back to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in nearly – 30 years. We're ready for the game. We're down here at Silver 7. You come on by, watch the game. they got two bars you can enjoy, the Corona Cantina and the Silver and Gold Bar. And the great thing, their game day special when the Knights play, regular season, postseason, 77 cent. Silver 7s, right? That's the theme. 7-7. Seven, seven. 77 cent Bud Light bottles all throughout the game. The puck drop a little after 5 o'clock. we got Fat Pack coming up. I'll get you a look at some of the baseball results and final numbers as we head towards this Golden Knights game with uh, Montreal, as small a number we've seen in these games on the Canadian side the entire series. With 77-cent Bud Light bottles, Golden Knights hockey game nights are great at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already. Nap time to update you on the uh, world of fine cuisine. Eh, Not really on Cofield & Company. We're down here at Silver 7s. Remember, Silver Spoon uh, Cafe Sterling Cafe is uh, opening for uh, lengthier amounts of time now now that uh, COVID, well, we're coming back from it. It's not over yet, but... Uh, you can take advantage of some of the specials if you sign up for the uh, A-Play, including 1777 special on the uh, barbecue ribs, and they've got the uh, Monday lunch special, 399 spaghetti and meatballs. That's a throwback. So are the 777777777 77-cent Bud Light bottles. 
that they've got on VGK game day. So uh, after like 5.15, you're good to go for at least a few hours. Brewskies, just 77 cents. All right, Ari, fat pack. We had a couple of important things to get to. We don't always keep up on the uh, national days the way we should. And you're a nightmare with all of this because I think uh, of like 341 national food days each year, uh, you'll eat about 17 of the food items. <sighs> fair. I feel like there might be an issue here with some sort of, are you lactose intolerant? <laughs> How did you treat national vanilla milkshake day? First thing, I did not drink it with a burger or a sandwich. That's that's my first thing. What is the problem? What is the problem there? It's too heavy. That's just weird to me. It's the same same logic as the milk that you guys all love to drink your milk with your weird turkey sandwiches and stuff. That is totally crazy to me. If you have a, if you have a couple of sips of a national a national of a uh, vanilla milkshake, then you eat most of your meal. Then you get back to the dessert item because really it's more of a dessert item. That doesn't work. I could, I could live with that, but all the dipping and fries and all that stuff, that's crazy to me. Second Ooh, thing, okay. of all the milkshakes, I mean, I didn't do the research on the other flavors. That's on me. But why does vanilla have? I mean, vanilla is a household name. Like, that's that's what we call things that are bland and, and not Not in lame. this case, though. It's, it's the best milkshake. Oh, wow. You're not going to go chocolate. Cold you're not going to go strawberry. Pun intended. Well, here's the thing: if you're if you are going to eat it with some food, isn't aren't the chocolate and strawberry milkshakes just too much? Okay, I could. That's that's a pretty good logic there. I'm also the wrong dude to talk about because, like I say, I was uh, I was tortured as a child uh, because I was uh, ADHD and whatever else. I was bouncing off the walls. I wasn't allowed to eat a lot of sweets. So yeah, while vanilla ice cream is still not good for someone who bounces off the walls with sugar, uh, chocolate and strawberry, freaking. Forget about it. Yeah. And so I'm, it is It is not the most boring flavor. <laughs> and I will say, because you had another question on this, do you want to pit the milkshake head-to-head against the Slurpee? Uh, I, someone put that up, right, uh, that same day, I think. It's an interesting contest, right, or a competition. Um, and I thought a lot about it. And I think I got to go with the Slurpee. I think we actually have a free Slurpee day... Yep. That's in where... July. Is it July 11th? Uh, yes, yeah, 7-11. There you go. Uh, it's got the, uh, yeah, That's the date. How about the date. that? The date, of course. I wouldn't it's have gotten 7-11. it. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten that. Uh, yeah, 7-11 is going to have a Slurpee freebie. Now, here's the thing. I, I know people don't, you know, people don't want to be tracked. They don't want to wear masks. Some are fighting for their freedom. Their body, their choice. So they don't want to get vaccinated. They don't want to have to walk around and show a vaccine card. Uh, 7-Eleven is going next level. They will track you. Uh, You are going to have to be a rewards member. To get the free Slurpee. Yes. Are there going to be people out there with American flags protesting in front of 7-Eleven and say, you know, (laughs) I don't want to be tracked. I'm sorry. I'm fighting for my freedoms. Or a Slurpee. Interesting. I guess we'll find out. My question is... Oh, well, first of all, don't let's not bury the lead here. Because I have memories, very uh, fond memories of many of our producers. And uh, you know who loves 7-Eleven more than anyone around Pasco Fuel and Companies? Remember good old Court? 
Oh yeah, I was I was like, who's he gonna say? I didn't yep. know. Yep, yep. Court was producer it? Court um, actually dropped a bomb on the show. I think uh, probably seven years ago, six years ago, when he said that one of his favorite pizzas to get, and this guy's a New England guy. I think he's back there now. Uh, he's a New England guy. He actually said one of his favorite food items at Seven Eleven to get was the the entire pizza, not just a slice. <laughs> he would get a whole pie from Seven Eleven. Hey, I'm not mad at that, honestly. Really? I, I mean, it's not my first choice, but I will say, like, of of the stuff they've got going on there, I've had it, and it's it's solid. You're getting what you get, but like, wow, yeah. So I guess that's 18 things that I'll eat. <laughs> there you go. Slurpee over the milkshake. I love Slurpees. I do think they give a more vicious brain freeze if you're not disciplined, and I have no <laughs> discipline. I get it every time. I think they get it's it's a it's a worse brain freeze than than the milkshake. Yep. Um, but it's not better than a milkshake. I mean, it, honestly, I don't Sorry, even want to. Yeah, I, I would just, to me, it's like a day-to-day thing. Like, you could ask me in a week. I might change my mind. One last thing, though. Yes. For my chocolate milkshake, I have to have the nice dollop of whipped cream on top because I'm bougie like that. You are. So. You're on the side, guy, but in this case, it's not on the side. Just wanted to get that out so, you know, everyone could be mad at me for that. Uh, speaking of milkshakes, uh, update on the cows that were on the loose in L.A. <laughs> Did you see this? What exactly happened here? It was a meat packing company. Yeah. I mean, do you blame them? No, they were. Right? They, they literally escaped. It's the end of the road. They're trying to get the hell out of there. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Make a move. Didn't work out too well, did it? Now, uh, authorities are yesterday urging people to stay away from Beverly Road and Durfee Avenue and Pico Rivera was where several cows were on the loose. And of course, what does L.A. News love more than anything else? I think every station here has one copter. I think station to station in L.A., they've got like a fleet of six copters per station. They love getting up in the helicopter and getting over those roads. Over there, you could see the cow. It was, it was an interesting video. So I'm watching Sky 9 right now. Um, and by the way, the cows on the loose video and Pico Rivera only got 460,000 views. That's probably, that's probably more viewers than they get on the actual uh, TV side of the news. Well, it looks like they trapped him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did they have to take one down? Do we have more issues here with the sheriff's department? Um, I, there it is. Breaking news. Let's see. Anyway, they, had, they, they captured the cows, but one, unfortunately, did, did have to be taken down. That's a bummer. W- were they able to use it, utilize it for? You know, that's a good question. I will have to bring in our meatpacking experts next time we do a fat pack. Steve Cofield. Uh, <laughs> once you – I don't want to get too graphic. So I don't want to do the whole bolt in the head on a lot of stuff. So that's, yeah, that's no, too that, much. That is a, the point, though. That's the question. It's legit. That's legit. I don't have an answer. Um, what's going on with the subway story? Let's finish up on the fat pack here. What's going on with the subway story? Again, there are some freaking people showing dogged determination yeah. on discovering the real story with the tuna sub at Subway. And the fight has been on because there are people who are claiming, like, there's no tuna in this. Yep. Stop right. calling it a tuna sandwich. I'll go around the room. Um, show of hands. Has anyone here had the tuna sub at Subway? Wow, a very strong side-to-side no from Angel. Like, with, with, uh, with just... I can't even see his face because he's got a mask on, but you can just see his eyes are all crinkled up like, no. <laughs> um, I don't even – I asked you, Ari, but there's – this would be the upset of the century if you've had a 
tuna sub from Subway. Uh, this is going to be a draw because I've I have not, but I have actually tried their tuna. I think, you have like years. We're talking like like in a salad. No, I think I was there like ten years ago in my less picky days. I guess I had a teeny bit more uh, open mindedness, and I think I was going to try. Like I was asking about it, and they were like, "Here, you could try. Give me like just a little, you know, like a little ramekin, as they call it in the industry." Um, and it was actually not too bad. I didn't think. But I'm also, like, I'm very picky with tuna. There's literally one place in Pennsylvania that I'll eat tuna fish salad from. And other than that, I'm not a tuna guy. So Why? What do they do? It's just great. Uh, it's albacore, white chicken. I think it's chicken of the sea, white tuna. It's been a while. But with celery and the right amount of mayo, because you know I hate mayo. <laughs> and I don't know. That one works for me. It's not too chunky. But any other tuna, I'm out. This one included. Well, they're still at it. And this time, it's the uh, New York Times working hard on the important stuff. <laughs> this is an American conspiracy, potentially, allegedly. Uh, New York Times report on Sunday revealed the results of a lab test. The uh, Times submitted 60 inches worth of Subway tuna sandwiches from three separate L.A. locations for lab analysis because uh, you've got another lawsuit being filed earlier this year alleging that customers are being served quote a mixture of various concoctions that do not constitute tuna uh the suit claims that independent lab tests show the company meant to quote imitate tuna's appearance by blending together these unknown ingredients i might i would assume the unknown ingredients are just other fish that's why this is when it gets really really scary and i'm a guy who will eat like any kind of hot dog and we know you know <laughs> hot dogs are not the purest kind of meat you know no so lab tests, according to the New York Times right now, are saying um, they couldn't find, quote, amplifiable tuna DNA. Correct. In yeah. Subway's famous tuna, well, they're calling it infamous tuna sandwich. <laughs> it's already reached that point where it's, <laughs> well, it's infamous. Is, I mean, this has been, this isn't new. Subway's always under attack, right? So I've. I don't know. This, this might not be I thought brand that, new. I, I thought in Ireland they put the bread to a test, and there was it was like uh, the they were saying it wasn't real bread. I'm like, well, okay, wait. We're, we're tuna sandwiches that are fake tuna and fake bread. And then even before that, there was the whole claim that the six inch wasn't quite six inches. And I mean that that is actually pretty frustrating huh. if you're the consumer. But apparently, uh, was Lisa Guerrero on the story? Inside uh, Inside Edition investigated. I'll have to watch the video to see. Anyway. Um, during that investigation, one Subway employee tried to disprove allegations by showing a package with, quote, flaked tuna in brine written on the box. <laughs> hey. It's, uh, some of this stuff is processed. So, I guess the claim here, though, from Subway. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as they're under attack, they say that, that it's 100% wild caught is the tuna. And basically, they were saying that when you, like, it gets cooked at some point and then processed and things like that. And so in that process, I guess somehow it becomes non-traceable. I'm not sure I'm buying that. I mean, it does sound like, yeah, if you cook something, I guess partly makes sense. But as far as it not being traceable as tuna, that's a little strange to me. I'm not sure that's what you want to go with in the court to, uh, to win a case here. And we've seen the, the common line from people like, uh, I mean, if you're, you know, Subway's a fine place, but if you are going to get a, a tuna sandwich, sort of fast foody, I mean, you, you, you're kind of, you know what you're buying here, right? Exactly. Like, you are taking the risk. I saw one commenter say, 
Uh, can't say I'm surprised at all by these results. Once you decide to eat whatever Subway or any other junk food chain sells, you pretty much waive any and all expectations of quality, health, nutrition, or taste. The person says, <laughs> will they run tests on some of those, quote, chicken nuggets to see what sewer critters they're really made from? Wait, get out of here. Big chicken would never allow that to happen. We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Goldfield or call 702-364-1100 and let us have it. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. We'll get you the uh, look of the lines here for the Golden Knights in just a couple of minutes. Puck drops here in about 15 or so. Big game six. On the way. Uh, Knights right now, minus 135. Canadians about as small as they've been. The entire series at plus 115. Uh, Baseball. So we look into some betting in Major League Baseball. Uh, First of all, game underway. This was a relatively small favorite in the Nationals, who actually have fought back to get pretty close to 500. They were dreadful early on. They win this one today against the Marlins, and they're 500. 5 nothing, top second. And the hitting star, Schwarby, Kyle Schwarber. Two more home runs, hitting out of the leadoff spot. He's got four ribs, two homers today. He's got 21 home runs now and 49 RBI. He has been a hell of a pickup. As the uh, Cubs moved on from Schwarby, and uh, on the Marlins side, the unfortunate victim, Potit, one and two thirds, five earned runs, and again, uh, I think I gave you the wrong number there. I said 141. Uh, Nationals pretty small favorite at minus 121. Uh, best game of the night tonight. Big favorite, Dodgers with uh, Schwarber's former team on the other side. Dodgers 250 behind Walker Bueller. It's actually uh, 235 here at William Hill Racing Sportsbook is where it's Silver Sevens. Davies is on the other side. I might think about taking the Cubs in that one, but Bueller's been pretty good this month. He's got a 171 ERA and four starts. Uh, two of those starts were scoreless efforts, so a tough one for the Cubs, who uh, did make a rush coming into June. They've been 11-10 and 10 in June, so... Having a better season than a lot of people expected, but that's the game of the night with uh, Walker Buehler facing off against the Cubs. Finals in in Major League Baseball. A's, maybe a future team here in Las Vegas. 5-1 win over Texas. A's came in, minus 143. Oakland is now 46-31 and on the season. They keep trucking along just about every year with a smaller payroll and the uh, – the crappy stadium, so a good win for the A's against the division rivals. And then the Yankees get a win, big one, 8-1 over the Royals. They won as minus 215 favorites. Royals are now 33-40. and 40. Home runs for the Yankees from Luke Voigt, who's barely played this year. He's got three. Gary Sanchez kind of written off by a lot of people, but he's actually hitting better than uh, his 190 of the last couple of years. He had his 13th, and he's hitting 240. And then uh, Judge banged out 
his 16th home run. But really, that's not the story for the Yankees. Uh, Yankees, they're going to hit. They haven't been consistent in hitting. They're going to hit as they get healthier. they got to pitch. So the story today was Jamison Tyon went six and a third, was more than solid, put the Yankees in a position to win the game, and uh, Yankees move on to uh, a 40 and 34 mark. All right, here's what it looks like for the Knights. Down the list with the lines. Pacioretty, Stevenson, Stone. So the tinkering is over. Hopefully that line gets back on track and Stone plays a complete game and is super motivated by some of the images I'm sure he saw over and over and over again of, you know, skating behind the play after turning it over and uh, leading to a 3-0 lead in the last game for the Canadians. Marcia Carlson, and Smith, so the misfits. They're together. Janmark, Wah, Tuck, and then... Carrier, Nosek, and Kolasar. And as we pointed out early in the show, there is one change on defense. Uh, the lines go Alec Martinez with uh, Petrangelo, McNabb, and Theodore. And Holden is out. He was another one of those guys who made a bad mistake and then uh, didn't appear to be, you know, Johnny on the spot hustling to make it back. Well, he's out. Haig is in with White Cloud, and if you're just tuning in, it is Leonard in front of Flurry. Leonard is going to get at the start tonight. What an amazing story. A lot of people said, hey, you know what? He's done for this year, and now in the biggest spot of the season, Robin Leonard is going to be back out there. And again, it's 135. The Knights are minus 135 on that one. Uh, one quick note on college football. I, I give you a heads up to go read this if you uh, are interested in betting Arizona State football this year. Uh, I don't know if this has been pulled down everywhere. If it hasn't, I would recommend to play on the under. My guess is that books are pulling it down, although nothing's happened yet. Uh, story came out, Yahoo Sports, Pete Thamel on Arizona State football. So we were alerted last week that ASU had a bunch of uh, allegations uh, being thrown their way. Well, I mean, it, the stuff is pretty serious, and it's not – I don't know that it's going to affect him this year, but uh, you've got multiple assistant coaches in trouble. Um and they're starting to talk. So, uh, funny note with one of the dudes, one of their assistants, uh, let me get his name here, Chris Hawkins, who supposedly was setting up visits when they weren't supposed to be having uh, visitors from uh, recruits on campus because of COVID, uh, starting in spring of 2020 and you know lasting until just the beginning of this month. Schools couldn't host recruits on campus because of the, uh, the dead period prompted by the, the pandemic. Well, apparently ASU was having recruits on campus all over the place, and uh, this guy is accused of paying for some of the flights. And the guy actually said, uh, well, he goes, I never paid a kid. I never paid for a plate, uh, flight. I think Ari's going to love this one. I've never done any of that. He goes, I made $100,000 last year. I was the lowest paid Power 5 coach in America. I didn't have money to be paying players or paying for flights. Here's the line. I live check to check. Wow. All right, bro. Manage your money a little bit. <laughs> You're not, not doing that badly. That is, a, that is a low amount for a Power 5 coach, but I don't know if I would throw that one out publicly. He goes, I'm not one of the big guys yet. Well, oftentimes the big guys are the fall guys in these scandals. So uh, not good times right now for Arizona State. And, again, uh, I buried the lead there. The total's nine wins. That's the, that's the number that's been up on the boards. Um, again, I don't know if it's been pulled out. I'm guessing it will be. And it's not because – uh, I recommend the under not because of what's going to happen this year in terms of penalties, but I think what's going to happen is the handwriting will be on the wall, and we know how quickly kids can change their mind and move on. I could see a good number of players with the program just saying, all right, well, the future is not too bright here. There's a lot of troubles on the way 
I'm getting the hell out of here. So, And this is pretty public. I mean, Stanford's uh, David Shaw has called him out. One of the ADs in the league called him out, uh, publicly criticizing the behavior. And a lot of them are just like, my God, uh, they weren't even trying to hide it. It was just so freaking pervasive. Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles.